George Botokas uh, started studying homeopathy in South Africa in 1960 and then continued his education in India at different homeopathic colleges, receiving a diploma from the India Institute of Homeopathy in 1966. In uh, 1970, he established the Athenian School of Homeopathic Medicine, and in 1971, he started the Greek Journal of Homeopathic Medicine. In 1976, he organized the first international homeopathic seminar in Greece. In 1994, uh, George Botopoulos opened the International Academy for Classical Homeopathy on the Greek island of Alanisos, where he currently lives. And he's currently the director of the Athens Center, where he heads a team of over 30 doctors who practice homeopathy while studying under his supervision. Uh, George is the author of numerous works, including Homeopathy, Medicine of the New Man, which was published in 1979 and written for the lay person. He's also the author of The Science of Homeopathy, a standard work which most schools use to teach the philosophy of homeopathy. And in 1991, he wrote a book called A New Model for Health and Disease, which is a critique of uh, conventional allopathic medicine. In 1996, he was awarded the Alternative Nobel Prize for his work in the field of classical homeopathy. And uh, from 1987 to 1991, in cooperation with the University of Namur in Belgium, he worked on creating and programming a very highly sophisticated uh, expert system called the Vitolkis Expert System, which was specifically developed for radar homeopathic software. Uh, Mr. Vitolkis has also produced a series of video courses made from his lectures, and at present he's uh, writing a new homeopathic Materia Medica called Materia Medica Viva, which will exist in 16 volumes, based on his own experience from more than 150,000 cases treated at the center in Athens. So that's uh, what I have written on paper about George Vitokas. I'd like to share some uh, personal experiences as well. Uh, When I first met George a number of years ago, probably... 15, 16 years ago, uh, I met him in Toronto, and what astounded me about George is that within minutes of meeting him, he was able to tell me all kinds of things about myself that he shouldn't have been able to know about, and this was just astounding to me, and I realized right away that there was somebody here who had a unique gift for being able to perceive what was actually going on inside somebody, and I think that this unique gift that he has has allowed him to create a Materia Medica that will really stand the test of time. It is a legacy for all future homeopaths. I remember uh, shortly afterwards I was in the Netherlands and I was actually having, my wife and I were having dinner with Roger Morrison and Nancy Herrick. And I was still very new to homeopathy and I, I asked Roger, I said, uh, what do you think of uh, the work of George Vitolkis? And Roger paused and he thought for a moment, and he said, if Hahnemann were alive today, he would be in awe of George Vitolkis. And that was a pretty profound statement because uh, Roger, for me, has never been somebody who is, uh, you know, uh, very emotional, very excited. He's a very, uh, very considered, very thoughtful type of individual. For, so for him to make that type of statement was really quite profound for me. So uh, I'm really incredibly honored and uh, feel very privileged to have the opportunity to uh, interview again, George. I want to welcome you to the call. Thank you so much for taking the time out of your busy schedule to join us. Thank you. Thank you.
Okay, George, uh, I, wanted, I thought perhaps if we could start, if you could tell us a little bit about your background, how you first got involved in homeopathy, uh-huh. who, who were your major teachers and influences? Yes. Uh, Kim, first of all, I would like to say that I'm very glad I'm speaking to the American audience. Sure. Uh, since uh, many years, as uh, you remember, more than 20 I was there uh, teaching uh, homeopathy in California, and uh, I had a very, very good uh, connection with the then people who were studying homeopathy and who later became, uh, all of them, almost famous in homeopathy. Sure. Uh, so I was, um, I'm very glad uh, to speak again. And, um, well, my background, I think it is known to most of the people. You know, when I was in South Africa in uh, 1960, I heard about homeopathy from a friend of mine, Alain Nodet. And, uh, but I did not pay any attention. One day, I I had an accident with uh, my car, and I could not uh, go as usual the weekend. I used to go to meet uh, with these friends, with Allen and others. I could not go, so I asked him. I said, what was this book you were mentioning, uh, a black book, etc.? He says, Berke Materia America. Where can I buy it in Johannesburg, blah, blah, blah. So I went and uh, bought the book. And, uh, of course, nobody would believe, but... Uh, I got uh, back into the bus because I did not have my car. Of course, my car was totally destroyed. I went uh, back to the bus and I started reading while in the bus. I got out of the bus. I went to the uh, to the restaurant. I kept on uh, reading while eating. I went to the home. I kept on reading, and I finished the whole book from A to Z within two or three days, I think. And uh, I don't think anybody else has read this book uh, from A to Z, <laughs> so far at least. Uh, and, uh, of course, after that, uh, I went back to the uh, homeopathic pharmacy where they had all the books. And uh, I picked uh, the books of Hahnemann and Ken, Farrington, Daham, Stuart Close, and all the masters by that time. And, uh, but uh, the most uh, important book for me has been Verica Materia Medica, this uh, book which uh, was read to me as if it was uh, a novel. Mm. I was enjoying it. <laughs> I was amazed with information and uh, what, uh, what it was written uh, in this book. And, I was so excited, I was really elated, and uh, my God, it was uh, like a revelation. Yeah. And I went back and read uh, Organon, read uh, all Kent's books, uh, all Hahnemann, Farrington, Diamond, etc., and, uh, and of course very soon I started uh, practicing, actually, and, uh, giving remedies to people. And uh, to my amazement, it was... Every one of them was cured with a kind of a miraculous way. I, I wouldn't mind because I would just give one dose, one M, ten M, you know, by that time, and uh, people uh, were cured. So this was the beginning. Then I started writing all over Europe, 
different medical schools, thinking that this medicine must be taught somewhere. It was a big disappointment when I learned that nobody was, in no medical school was taught homeopathy. Then I wrote to several universities in, uh, uh, in America, no university. And uh, I received a letter from uh, California University. And they said, uh, we hear this is taught in Mexico. And then I wrote in Mexico. They, they told me that the independent school of homeopathy in Mexico, you can study. But uh, I had to learn Spanish in order to go there. So in the meantime, I learned that there were a lot of homeopathic colleges in India. So eventually I decided in 63, I decided to go to India. I went to Bombay Homeopathic Medical College uh, for a year, one year and a half. Uh, I was, uh, I must say, I was disappointed. Because in the meantime, in these three years, I had studied so much that the teachers there, they would usually ask me uh, if they said uh, everything correctly. So I changed this and I went to Calcutta Homeopathic Medical College. The same thing was happening. I was totally disappointed. And uh, that's why eventually I just uh, uh, got a paper from, uh, without any value, of course. But uh, in, in any case, I cannot say that any of these colleges or, teach, or teachers were my teachers. My teachers were Kent, Hahnemann Kent, and uh, the old masters from whom I really learned. Hmm. First, I, I know that uh, you established a school in Athens where you huh. supervised a, a very large team of medical doctors. Can you tell yeah, us a yes. bit more about that? Uh -huh, yes. Yes, uh, uh, Kim, uh, what happened is in 67, after uh, having uh, uh, some important uh, clients in Europe, uh, I returned in Greece in 67. And uh, by that time, I had understood what was going on with homeopathy all over the world. The, the prevalent homeopathy was a fringe medicine uh, practiced by non-medicals primarily and giving uh, actually mixers of remedies in low potencies. Uh, it was a very disappointing situation for me and I had uh, totally different ideas about homeopathy. I have seen the effects of homeopathy and I decided when I returned to Greece I decided to teach it to medical doctors. Since 1967 uh, when I returned I established the Athenian School of Homeopathic Medicine, and <clears throat> I accepted as students only medical doctors. Until today, in Greece, in my school, only medical doctors are accepted as students, and I have taught only medical doctors and dentists and, uh, and veterinaries, actually. Um, so, for me, the main idea was how to impart the knowledge and the technique to find the correct remedy 
something that was almost totally unknown during these times. And then I, I started uh, teaching and uh, in 76 uh, there was, uh, uh, actually before 76, in 74 I think I was in uh, the International Liga Congress in uh, Washington and then uh, some of my students there, they, they listen about my teaching. Bill Gray got very excited. He decided to come to Greece. He was the first American to come to Greece after uh, seeing the results in homeopathy. And uh, he came again and again, and uh, he stayed with me for about uh, three years on a stretch. And uh, he was uh, back in America in uh, 78, and uh, where he started uh, uh, giving lectures, then I was invited uh, myself, I started giving lectures in uh, America, and then I started giving lectures in Europe, and that's how the whole thing uh, developed, uh, um, and uh, in, uh, in uh, 1995, the International Academy of Classical Homeopathy was established, in Alonisos, uh, where I accepted uh, not only medical doctors from uh, other countries, but all people who had the legal right to practice homeopathy in their respective countries. So this is continuing uh, till today, and this is uh, really very, very successful, and. Uh, people are very happy because what they can see actually and what uh, makes them make all these pilgrimages coming from very far places is the fact that they can see chronic severe cases treated and follow-ups long time, two years follow-ups, three years follow-ups and they can see exactly how this is managed in order to cure uh, such severe cases. Because as you know, there are cases which are very easy in homeopathy. You give a pulsatilla and uh, the person is very happy. You give an atrumoriaticum, the person is very happy. But when you get really a degenerative chronic disease, then the handling of such diseases is much more difficult and much more need, much more knowledge. Mm not only on materia medica, but also on the theory, on our theory. George, I wanted to read a quote from Roger Morrison about uh, your Materia Medica Viva. Uh -huh. um, I think it's actually in the introduction to Volume 1. He says, uh, it is my prediction, or rather my conviction, that this Materia Medica will be the standard against which all other homeopathic texts will be measured for the next hundred years. George Matilkas has, be has begun here a work far beyond other contemporary writings, just as tense lectures on Materia Medica exceeded other Materia Medicas of his day. The Materia Medica is breathtaking in scope and detail. And I just want to affirm myself that uh, in my own practice, I've seen repeatedly exactly what you've said in those books uh, in the patients that have come to me. So I, I know that there's some very amazing way that you actually have been able to create such a book 
Um, I'm fascinated by the method that you use to use it. Can you explain a little bit about how you've actually created this Materia Medica Viva? Well, uh, Kim, uh, you know that uh, I was pressurized by every, every one of my students to write down all this information which I had and I was uh, teaching. And this was, uh, I must say, a huge project which I did not expect to be as huge as it, uh, it appeared to be later on. Because uh, uh, I started uh, thinking I will write only a few remedies, two, three volumes. I got, uh, I got uh, uh, a loan from a foundation, German foundation, to do these uh, three volumes. And I ended up, uh, I am fin I've finished now 11 volumes, and uh, I am on the 12 volume at the moment. Uh, and I must say that uh, I try to give in this uh, uh, book all the information which I consider uh, reliable and I consider it useful in finding for the practitioner to find the correct remedy as long as of course is a studious person and he really wants to study. Hmm. Um, the process is that I give uh, the keynotes and I give the essential features and the essence, I would say, of the remedy in the beginning and then follow it up with all kinds of detail. This process it's, is so tedious and requires so many people working and except of me, that if I knew what I was going to face 15 years ago when I started writing, I would never have started it, to tell you the truth. <laughs> well, we're very thankful that you've done it because it's uh, an amazing work. George, how do you actually do it? Do you use your own cases only or do you use other people's cases? How do you actually put this, the information together? I use, I use all, the, all, the, all, the, all the information available actually, not only in my cases. And I, I still do not use a lot of information which is in my cases because, Kim, I am a person whom, who I don't want to say not one word which is not confirmed. Mm. And for this confirmation, I need uh, again and again uh, a confirmation that the remedy, that uh, the, the symptom which I give in the Materia Medica is really confirmed and it can, it can be useful. So therefore, I use all the information available from uh, old masters to my... Uh, uh, today uh, cases, but not everything, of course, as I say, is given there. So this is really a clinically confirmed Materia Medica is what you're saying, basically? Yes. Yes. I believe, uh, I believe that, uh, you know, people that they have uh, they used the Materia Medica, they have uh, given me a great uh, feedback and uh, how much they were helped in their prescription. Fantastic. You know, George, when I was um, visiting with you in Greece a few years ago on the lovely island of Alanisos, 
Uh, you mentioned the idea of creating a clinically oriented repertory. Can you tell us a little bit about that? Uh, uh, yes. This, this is to, uh, Kim, uh, what I wanted is to combine not only, not, not a different uh, repertory with clinical uh, uh, information alone, but to combine uh, the repertory, the existing repertory we have today, and the expert system, to combine it with uh, clinical uh, pathology. And uh, this is a project on which I'm working at the moment, uh, uh, apart from all the other things I'm trying to do, of course, and uh, you know there are quite a lot. Sure. <laughs> Uh, George, let's get on to a little bit more, some little bit hotter issues here. I, I know there have been a lot of criticisms leveled against you that you've been unfairly critical of other teachers and approaches in homeopathy. Can you respond to that? Um, well, uh, Kim, I, I, I must say from the beginning, you know, the most, uh, most of those people are my students and I love them very much and uh, I have great uh, great appreciation for their eagerness to produce new ideas but on the other hand I feel that every one of us should be open to criticism for the good of homeopathy we should not be personally hurt when somebody says, well, George, I don't like what you say because of this or that reason. If he says, I don't like you because you are, you are a great egoist, I don't like you because blah, 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 this is not acceptable. But if we have criticism which is based in arguments which are quite, quite strong arguments, Everyone should listen. And uh, I am afraid that the last 10-15 uh, years, uh, new ideas are flying all over the place, which I must say they are not based on solid uh, facts. And... Um, I must, uh, I must uh, admit that sometimes I have been uh, very critical with such ideas. But listen, Kim, when, when, when somebody says to me that you don't have to do a proving, you have to imagine it. When somebody, another, another person says you don't have to potentize the remedy, you just write it down in a piece of paper, put over a glass of water, and the water will be boiled and become like a podium tenem when you wrote like a podium tenem. When I when I hear these things, I I am really concerned that homeopathy is going down the gutter, and I'm really concerned that homeopathy will lose its grip and its effect on the people. Soon the whole world will see homeopathy going out 
of the picture, if we continue, if we allow such ideas to be publicized. You see, what I want to make sure, to make, uh, to, to make uh, certain and to make clear, is that I don't object new ideas as long as they are discussed within a group they find out that really this idea is working and then you can come publicly and speak about this idea the moment that you have an idea tonight and tomorrow you come out publicly and you say this idea as if this idea is really uh, the, the ultimate truth that is misleading and uh, we are talking about the health of the people and I consider this as a very a very bad I don't want to use uh, I, I, I cannot find uh, the correct words you know it's a very very bad thing to do for somebody who cares about the health of the people it is not we, we, we cannot accept irresponsibility we, we should not actually accept I am open to criticism by anybody but I am really sorry that I hear only slandering and ah George is old function etc I don't think that anybody you see in uh, in, the, in the international academy the last uh, the last 10 years i brought entirely new ideas for homeopathy that i have been thinking about and testifying for the last 30 years you see as you know from 60 to oh, it's 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 half a century i'm doing homeopathy right so, the last 30 years, I, it took me 30 years before I talk. So what I'm talking now, it is our ideas which have been tested again and again and again before I have the, 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 the confirmation and uh, the, the proof to come out publicly and say, well, these are some ideas. You test them and you tell me if they work. Once these students of mine, <clears throat> they come back and they say, well, it's great, it's confirmed again and again. You know, the idea of levels of health, for instance, for which I have not spoken for, for many, many years, they are completely new ideas and, uh, and very, very important issues that the homeopath should be able to handle it properly if he wants to cure uh, chronic cases I mean um, I, I, I don't want to to, to, uh, to go into more details about uh, about this but uh, I'm really I, I'm really very concerned of where homeopathy is going at the moment especially especially in America and uh, and uh, England uh, Germany is not so bad 
Germany is uh, doing quite well actually. And uh, why is going is doing quite well? <laughs> I believe that uh, it is doing quite well because the my teaching is going to Germany through my video courses, which are available in Germany, and uh, people are flocking to to learn uh, homeopathy there, a proper type of homeopathy. Well, you know, George, I, I couldn't agree with you more because, you know, you look at somebody like Hahnemann who who tested his theory of miasm for 12 years before sharing it with his closest associates, and then you compare that to, uh, you know, every six to nine months a new approach coming out, and none of the approaches even, they're all, you know, uh, not even in agreement with each other. They're all in conflict, and it really kind of uh, says something different about the way homeopathy is developing. So I very much agree with you on that. Um, can you tell us what do you think has changed really in the last 30 years in homeopathy? I mean, for example, what do you what do you feel about contemporary proving? Yeah. <clears throat> you see, the problem is uh, with all these ideas, there was a confusion created. The, the the last 15 years, the confusion is total. You know, there are schools where they say we don't need the organon, we don't need to know what is the uh, uh, what are the basics of homeopathy? What S students do not study the basic remedies. Students cannot recognize a simple calcarea carbonica, simple parsatilla, and uh, they go along and, and uh, giving uh, this and that remedy, which has been produced by the imagination. So we don't need the organon, we don't need the materia medica, we don't need the provings, so actually we don't need the homeopathy, because uh, if, if you take away all of these things, you take away real homeopathy, you, you make something else, imaginative, uh, you can call it imaginative medicine, you can call it, uh, uh, you can call it uh, whatever, but not homeopathy. And, uh, <clears throat> and uh, of course, the effect is only what we call the placebo effect. All these people who they, who they claim, oh, I cure this case, or I cure that case, with a new remedy which came out and I gave it, and here it is, is cured, is either placebo or they are imaginative, uh, cases. There is no, there is no way. You see that that you you can know homeopathy. You see, let's put it this way. Homeopathy is based on proving remedies, having uh, the symptomatology of the remedy, and then trying to see which is the symptomatology of the person who fits with the best possible, uh, has the best possible similarity with the remedy. This, this is basic idea. If you don't prove a remedy, you don't have a remedy. You cannot say, I, ma I imagine it, this remedy will produce these symptoms, and go and give this to a sick person who has pneumonia, who has a degenerative disease, and expect to have some results. So if, if 
are, people are doing such things. What, uh, what I can call it homeopathy. They do a very, a, a, a very great disservice for homeopathy, to homeopathy. It's, it's very unfortunate that this has happened the last 15 years with the eagerness. I understand. Everybody is eager to bring a new idea. And uh, I will be the first one to say, very good, that's a good idea, as long as they bring me some proof that what they say is, has some logic and some, and some effect. You know, uh, George, one of the um, very popular trends in homeopathy today is the use of botanical family information in trying oh. to determine a remedy choice for a patient. Yeah, but in Hahnemann himself. What's that? Hahnemann himself has examined this issue. Yeah. Um, and uh, he has said again and again that remedies that belong to the same family, they have different symptoms and sometimes opposing symptoms. Not only that, but each remedy is unique in its symptomatology. Each person is unique in its own symptomatology. So this uniqueness of the remedy and the person's uniqueness has to be matched. But this is a, a job which takes effort and time. There are no shortcuts. There's no shortcuts. You see, uh, I hear schools are closing, uh, homeopaths are dropping out, etc. You know in Greece what happens? In Greece, in Greece, the last uh, two years, there is the involvement of a university, and this year we start a master's degree in homeopathy, in Aegean University, which accepts medical doctors and dentists. So it will be the first university uh, uh, master's degree for medical doctors, and in an indirect way, we have the recognition of homeopathy as a speciality in Greece. This, this is the progress of, uh, uh, of real homeopathy. Because real homeopathy, nobody, nobody can resist real homeopathy because it concerns the health of the people. It concerns the, the life, the very life of the people. You, we cannot play with that. And I am I'm really angry to, 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 to hear people taking it lightly and, and using it very lightly. I'm, I'm really very, very sorry for that. Mm. George, I know another thing that's used a lot is the uh, doctrine of signatures. Can you comment on that quickly? What? Please? Can you comment on the doctrine of signatures? The, the <laughs> doctrine of signatures. <laughs> I'll, tell you, I'll tell you a story. Okay. When, when, I, when I first... I first heard the doctrine of uh, signatures by a gentleman, an Englishman, 
who were there. And then before him it was again, etc. And then eventually some Indian person brought it over. And then when I heard it, I had a case on video who has been treated and I had the follow-ups. So the, I asked the class, I, I said, it, uh, I will present this case to you and you tell me whether this person according to his case and what he looks, needs a remedy from the animal kingdom or from the vegetable or the mineral kingdom. So we made this agreement. Okay, the whole class attended the taking of the case. I asked the class, tell me which kingdom the remedy of this person belongs to. Everyone, everyone says animal kingdom. I said, there is nobody who has a different opinion? Silence, nobody. I said, okay, now you see the follow-up. I, I saw the follow-up, and this man had one of the severest, uh, severest rhinitis, allergic rhinitis, okay, and, uh, and all the other symptoms. And I said, uh, and, and uh, there they hear that the remedy which cured him. Before, before he was a German who came to, to Alonisos, okay. Before he was given several remedies, huh? Because all the cases come to Alonisos, they have been given all kinds of remedies, like him also. So he has been given animal remedies and uh, vegetable remedies, etc., etc., but when, when the students listened to the remedy, they were amazed because the remedy was Belladonna. Bella means a nice woman, and it is a plant, as everybody knows. So, so what, what can I say about this thing? What more can I say about this thing? To miss the remedy, to miss finding the correct remedy in a typical Belladonna case where they cannot recognize it because they have established idea, preconceived idea that this person looks like an animal, he had big moustaches, you know, he was dark haired with, with heavy eyebrows, etc. You, you understand? Yeah. He really, you could say, okay, he looks like a wolf or whatever. <laughs> and then, and then, of course, uh, I mean, all, all these things, you, you know that uh, it is, I don't know what to say, I don't know. If people want to believe these things and to go along with such ideas, well, I wish them good luck. Good luck. But uh, I'm sure they will feel disappointed and in the end... Uh, they will drop uh, homeopathy. George, I know that one of the criticisms that, that you've made is that uh, some of the newer approaches to use of doctor's signatures, you know, when somebody comes in, wears a, a striped shirt, they need zebra milk, and these types of ideas, that uh, it will, this will make it difficult for us to be recognized by the scientific community. Um, can you comment on that, and also can you... Tell us what you think. I, 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 sorry, I, I could not follow. Uh, yeah, yeah. I know that you've been. You said that some of the newer approaches 
uh, will make it more difficult for us to be recognized in the scientific community and also perhaps oh, yes. make us oh, more yes. vulnerable in the media. Can you comment yeah. on that? Yes, yes, yes. Again, I can give you an example. Mm. I have been invited by, a university, by the Medical University of Bonn, Bonn Medical School, in the chair of internal medicine and psychiatry, both professors. They had heard about me, and they invited me to speak to the students of this medical school. They invited me, you know, January for uh, next year, uh, September. Okay, you come at such and such a day. I went there, and in the meantime, these two professors have heard all these kinds of things that you were mentioning. And they were, they were amazed with the things they, they heard. So they said to me, uh, before you go to teach Mr. Vithulkes, please, can you come with us in a nice walk? <laughs> so I, we took a walk with the two professors, and they said, Mr. Vithulkes, we heard that if somebody in your uh, classical homeopathy, if somebody wears a wears a shirt with blue stripes. The remedy is zebra. And we heard also that uh, there is a remedy called the Berlin Wall. What is this Berlin Wall remedy? And we hear that if somebody looks like an animal, you give an animal remedy. And honestly, I felt like like hiding under the uh, the earth, you see. And of course, I told them that I have nothing to do with that. I have been criticizing all of this which is going on. This was not homeopathy, etc. And uh, I could see they would not believe me. So fortunately, I had with me in the hotel, I had brought some of the journals on which I had criticized myself and I had written. And I said, okay, let's go back to the, to the hotel and I will show you. And I brought the journals and showed them my criticism for these ideas. And once they read, they say, okay, you can go to the class and teach. I mean, everybody speaks and tells ideas and things like that, but when it comes to the serious people from whom homeopathy's future depends, that means medical people, medical authorities, medical schools, if you have to talk with them, you cannot anymore tell such things. And as you know, I, I have the chair of uh, homeopathy in uh, Kiev Medical Academy. I am an honorary professor in Moscow Medical Academy. I have been a collaborative professor in uh, Basque uh, Medical uh, Academy. 
and uh, of course uh, I am a professor here in uh, in the master's degree. But all this has been earned through very hard work and very systematic teaching and knowledge of this science. I'm very, very sorry that I have to criticize all these kind of things which is going on in the name of classical homeopathy. For God's sake. George, what, what do you think we, from your point of view, to, to get back on track, what do you think we need to do? <laughs> this is this is a Kim. This is this is something very very difficult. I hear, I hear people have been indoctrinated in such a devious way, away from homeopathy, that I don't really know how this can be. Uh, can be corrected. I, I really don't know. What, what I can do is, and what I have been doing, of course, is that I made available my teaching, four-year course teaching on video. But when it was presented in, in, in America, nobody, nobody wanted to, to study it, right? Because it was very difficult, the course. When uh, when when I hear such things you know what can you do I said okay what else can I do I'm I'm writing the Materia Medica I'm writing articles I'm teaching in Alonisos you can go everybody can go to my website bithulkas.com and find out what is all about the activity which we have here the classes are full if at this moment somebody says, I want to come in June, they will find no place, you see? And, uh, but, uh, but this is very limited, huh? because the class holds only 150 people. Cannot take more. And, uh, and, uh, and uh, the, only thing, the only thing I feel is that uh, uh, schools and people, serious people, because we have a lot of serious people in homeopathy, but they, they remain silent. These people have to be promoted. Uh, in Canada, now you are in Canada, is uh, Robin Logan and is uh, uh, Sane, Andrew Sane. And uh, there, there are quite a lot of uh, other people who are quite good classical homeopaths. They are not uh, promoted. George, what are you working on now? Uh, and if people want to find out more about studying with you, I guess the best thing is to go to, to your website, thetulkas.com? Yes. Okay. Thetulkas.com, if you go, then you will find a lot. We are preparing... Uh, uh, actually, we are preparing a very, um, a very good campaign uh, to promote uh, these ideas through the website. And uh, I'm thinking a lot of different uh, ways of spreading uh, uh, classical homeopathy, the, the real Hanemanian homeopathy. Mm. Uh, but uh, 
people should, should go in and find out uh, eventually what are the new things that we are doing and uh, how can uh, we do it. And I feel that people should be supportive, actually, to, to, to the correct people and not uh, to people with uh, uh, this kind of irresponsible uh, uh, attitudes and ideas. George, I want to give uh, some other people an opportunity to ask some questions. I'm going to open up the lines. Before I do that, though, I just wanted to mention that uh, uh, Mr. Vitorkas has been very gracious in uh, wanting to make his amazing Materia Medica Viva available to a larger audience. And so, consequently, we are now able to offer all 11 volumes at an incredibly uh, discounted price. The normal price for all 11 volumes of the Materia Medica Viva is $594. Uh, they are now available for a short time for uh, $250. So that's significantly less than half the price, the retail price of these 11 volumes of books. And I can tell you from personal experience that um, the information in there is absolutely 100% reliable, written in a very easy-to-read style, and I don't really know how people can practice homeopathy today uh, without using it. I think uh, if you want to get the best results of your patients, this is an incredible asset and tool to, uh, to really being able to effectively work and uh, help the most number of people that you're, you're meeting. So again, the, uh, the normal price is $594. For a limited time, you can get all 11 volumes for $250. Uh, if you're interested in that, you can call toll-free 866-599-599. 5950. That's 866-599-5950. You can also go to wholehealthnow.com forward slash books and you will also see his books listed there. I think it's probably best if you call the toll-free number if you want the discounted price. George, thanks again. I'm going to open up the lines and see if we can okay. uh, have some people ask you questions directly. There was a lot of uh, interference and distortion, it may not be possible. Uh, I hope that you'll be consider coming back and uh, doing one of these again in the future because I think this was uh, very useful uh, to hear your uh, points of view on various subjects in homeopathy. Right. I want to thank you again, George. It was a wonderful interview, and uh, I'll talk to you very soon. Okay, Kim. Thank Bye -bye. you.